You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, 49ers faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you on this Monday. We didn't record yesterday because of Mother's Day. Uh, we had to <laughs> got to spend a lot of awesome time with the family, which was great. Went hiking, spent some time at the beach, you know, California type stuff. It was awesome. But man, I was so anxious to get things back on the road today and to get talking because it, there's still so many draft picks. That we got to go through. And, you know, we're cutting up film. We're putting the Patreon breakdowns out there. But at the end of the day, the film and all that's great. It's painting a picture with where these players fit in this organization. And today, this is going to be a fun one. There is no, There are a few things. There's two positions that are just so freaking fun to break down. Whether you're, you know, pop water football, high school, college, doesn't matter. Running backs and linebackers, they're just fun because they're always around the ball. I'm a little biased towards linebackers. That's what I played. Um, and so today we got Trey Sermon. And so we're going to get to the ins and outs of Trey Sermon. We've got a lot of clips. We're going to hear from the coaching staff. We're going to go through what the player comps are, which I got some surprising ones for you. It's going to be all Trey Sermon, but not just Trey Sermon. Um, and as we continue working through this draft class, understand everybody's going to get their due time and we're going to give them the appropriate time and attention that they deserve because these are the new members of the family, baby. Uh, these are the guys we get a root for and cheer on as they bring us W's and we're going to have a lot in the future. You should feel very, very confident about the 49ers moving forward. E even if you're a Jimmy hater, that's okay B because there's hope on the horizon. And for the people that are a little bit more level-headed and kind of in the middle, You've got to be happy because even if you're a Jimmy hater, 
Trey Lance, he just turned 21 yesterday. <laughs> 21 years old. The kid was born in the 2000s. If that doesn't make you feel old. Oh my gosh. Anyway, take that for what you will. Now, a couple things that I do want to update you. This is a busy week. Um, one, I do want to say one of my favorite 49ers listens uh, Jason Aponte. I'm going to be working with him uh, tomorrow, recording some stuff. I'm going to try to get that out tomorrow, but we'll kind of see what that's at. I just really do love his analysis. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. But Wednesday, the 49ers schedule comes out, and I have never been more excited than I am right now about a schedule release. Like, yeah, it gives you stuff to talk about. And I think, you know, this is year five for us, the 49ers Rush podcast. We've been, we've been going for a little bit. Usually, you know, you're going through and you talk about the draft and all that stuff's great. We're not catching up. Like, there's so much stuff that I'm wanting to get to. We're going to have to up the amount of episodes coming out. Uh, it, it, there's just too much to talk about. And the what's most important to me, the 49ers rush this year. Uh, listen, I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited. Last year, there were no games, right? The fans and COVID and just all those things. It was awful. The whole reason why I started this whole damn podcast was to build a community and to help people understand football a little bit better so they can enjoy their team more. That, that was the idea. Like, we're the sweetener. That's the idea. Educate, uh, teacher, coach. That's who I am. And help people understand where players fit and what that looks like so that you can enjoy the game experience better. Well, here's what we're doing this year. We're doing not one, not two, but three. Three 49ers Rush road games. We're going live. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Um, you know, I've, I've already got in contact with several different hotels. Again, these are the road games. Uh, we've got road games. That's already determined, but when the games are, we've got Philly, Chicago, Tennessee, Arizona, obviously, Jacksonville, Detroit, Seattle, LA, and Cincinnati. We're going to three of those. We're going to be holding events the night before the game at a bar slash club, whatever, live recording, giveaways, raffles, having drinks together, building that community. And, you know, we didn't get to do it last year. I wanted to do that. Uh, we've done the draft before. We've done the Super Bowl. Now we're going to be doing three road games. So after the schedule is released Wednesday, I'm going to be coming live on here. We're going to talk about that and rank the games and which one's the hardest and all that kind of stuff. But more importantly than that, over the next week, I'm going to be trying to solidify again once we get these dates. I can't do a whole bunch till then. So don't buy your tickets just yet. Wait. And I'm going to let you guys know, um, you know, again, we're going to these three games. If you can join us, because I know a lot of people only pick one or two games a year to go to when money's tight and all those different things. But I want us to meet up, have an absolute blast, and again, experience the 49ers together. Because, hey, I, I've, I've gone to games at Away Cities by myself, and I get how that is. And, you know, I my type of personality, I meet people and we have a really good time. But I know not everybody has that attitude. Well, guess what? You're not going to the game by yourself anymore, baby. You're coming with us. We're going to be, it's going to be a weekend event. We're going to meet up. We're going to tailgate together. We're going to party the night before together. We're going to go to the game together. It's going to be absolutely incredible. This countdown crew, kind of 49ers rush, all these different things that are going on. We're building it together. And so just understand, be patient, wait. I'm, I'm trying my hardest to get as much of this stuff set up, which is very, very difficult without the actual date. So you call somebody like, hey, here's what I want to do. We're going to have about 50 to 100 people. We're going to be out here. We're going to be drinking. This is what we're going to need. And he's like, all right, when are the dates? I don't know that yet. <laughs> to which I get chuckles. And uh, yeah, it's what it is. So it, just understand, 
so many things in the works so excited and i really do appreciate it. you know compliments to all the patreon subscribers that support this podcast let us do things like that really really excited about all this stuff going so um let's also i do want to just kind of update the workout schedule is released for the 49ers the off-season workout schedule and it starts friday rookie mini camp is friday saturday sunday now how much content are we going to get from that video footage probably not much it's going to be come out of the 49ers so it's going to be completely controlled uh but it's going to be nice to see them working together otas they start may 24th so not very long at all uh, two weeks from today we are recording this monday um so ota ota start the 24th of may and then mandatory mandatory full squad mini camp goes all the way to june 15th 16th and 17th so we've got some dates which is fun uh, just more content coming out consistently we'll get coaching updates a little bit of press conferences you know and I, i'm not saying we're going to get a peek behind the curtain or <laughs> anything along those lines but it is going to be something that we get to see, all right? Um, now, let's jump over, and shout out to all the Countdown crew. I love it, guys. Um, a lot, a lot of fun. I absolutely love this. We're going to be doing a giveaway just next episode. So get those Countdown crew hashtag CCs in next episode. Um, yeah, going to have a t-shirt for you guys, some custom stuff. Excited about that. Let's talk about Trey Sermon. And MK Green, he says, how do you see Sermon fitting into the rotation? And what do you think, who makes the 53 at the running back position? Gosh, it's stacked. I think the 49ers wanted to draft one running back. <laughs> they wanted one. But then Elijah, Elijah Mitchell fell. And when that happened, it was like, man. And it's so funny, the two different philosophies that the 49ers have at the front end of the draft, first, second, third round, versus fourth and later on. Days one and two, they are going after needs. That they see. They want needs. They traded up for Sermon. They needed a number two. Kyle Shanahan's mentioned over and over again. Uh, every single year we've been here, we've gone through four running backs every year. And so it's a need for them. Now, the second half, or the you know four, five, six, seven rounds, it changes from need to who can make this roster. More of a best player available. Whenever you put up a Twitter poll, and you're like, who should the 49ers draft in this position? There's two or three people that just type in best player available every time. BPA. That doesn't work in the NFL. Again, if you look at what uh, the Packers have done, that's how they draft, and they get no starters. Because yeah, the guys, they're drafting these guys at premium positions where they're stacked ahead of them, like running back, and the kids don't see the field. Or quarterback, and the kid doesn't see the field. So you have to mix and match. It's not a true best player available approach. That gets you in big-time trouble because you never address your needs. Look at the wide receivers for Green Bay and why Aaron Rodgers is so pissed off all the time. He's pissed off because he's going to be pissed off no matter what. So back to your question, MK. We were not supposed to draft Eliza, Elijah Mitchell. I'm guessing they probably had a fourth or fifth round draft grade on him, and he was still sitting there at the sixth, and they were just like, golly, we got to take him because he's going to be making this roster. So I, I think the 49ers carry four running backs. Mostert, number one. Trey Sermon, number two. Jeff Wilson, Jr., number three. Now you're in to kind of where you are. And on the outside, one of these people will get in to make that fourth number. I mean, again, you've got Wayne Gallman, who you just signed to a one-year deal. You were hoping to pay, he would be that fourth spot, but now he's fighting. Him. 
Uh, Elijah Mitchell. I, I think Elijah Mitchell's going to have the upper hand on that one. Jamichael Hasty, who we know and love. Austin Walter, he's going to go back to the practice squad guy. But this is going to be a pretty damn fun camp battle between these three players. Jamichael Hasty, Elijah Mitchell, and Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman's been there, done that. He's proven he can be the lead guy. When Saquon went down, he played incredibly well last year. And he's kind of a do-it-all back. Now, who's the best fit for the Kyle Shanahan system? That's Elijah Mitchell. Who do they have the most invested in? That's Elijah Mitchell. You remember back to Michael Hasty, who I adore, and I love that dude. If he won, I would be stoked. He was an undrafted free agent. Came in, showed some spark, fumbled it once, and then you know broke his collarbone. He'll be back fully healthy, but you're going to have those three running backs duking it out for that last spot. Now, if an injury does happen, then that's going to allow two of those guys to come in. And so that's going to be tough. But I, personally, I think the four running backs as of now that would make the active 53-man roster, Mostert, Trey Sermon, um, Jeff Wilson Jr., and Elijah Mitchell. Those would be the four I would put my money on personally. Um, and we'll have to see. We're going to have to see what that looks like. You know, I saw this question later on. Um, I, I already saw this in the chat. I just want to make sure. I don't want to don't want to miss it. Yeah, from um, S-E-C-K Slocks, do you think we trade Mostert? I wouldn't mind trading Mostert. The problem is, man, what is he going to pull? He's 29, 30 years old in the last year of his deal. He is cheap. But I think the only way that you could trade Mostert is if a contending team loses a running back in camp. And again, you might get a fourth. That's it. There's not much of a trade market for a 29, 30-year-old running back that was an undrafted free agent. I just don't think that's what it is. But if you're looking at some of these teams that run that Shanahan type of offense, that outside zone blocking... Yeah, there's a little bit of a pool there because it's a plug and play and it just makes perfect sense. But again, going to have to be a contender and they're going to have to deal with an injury. You know, running backs are cheap, so you're not going to trade high cap, you know, high draft capital for a guy like Raheem Mostert. Now, personally, I hope we keep him because we've seen what he can do in this offense. Can't stay healthy. That's the one thing we can't see. But now you're banking on that, and if Mostert gets hurt, you kind of shrug your shoulders. Same thing as if another often injured player, Jimmy Garoppolo. If Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, you shrug your shoulders and you move on now. It doesn't wreck your season. You're not having freaking <laughs> Alfred Morris, your leading ball carrier week one like we had a few years ago, or having Tevin Jarek McKinnon you know, plodding out there uh, with what he had for three straight starts. He filled in all right, but... No, no, no. We don't have that anymore. And we are going to have a running back injury. There's no doubt about it. So let's jump in. If you guys have questions, go ahead and tag me at John Chapman. Um, and we'll we'll make sure to get that question answered as best we can. Oh, Tommy, I see what's up. Tell Jason Aponte it's Newton, not a new man. All right, Tommy, I appreciate that, brother. I'm going to write that down in my notes. I'm sure I'm going to mess that up. Uh, <laughs> but appreciate the gift, brother. Uh, Tommy's one of the best ever. So I'm copying this into my notes. So if I forget it, man, you got to hold me accountable for that. Um, oh, man, it's not transferring your message over. Anyway, I'll go back and look through the notes. But let's get to... Sermon, because that's the bell of the ball. That's why we're here today, okay? We are talking about how this works. Understand, the 49ers didn't even draft this guy in the third round. They traded up. <laughs> they traded up into the third round with not just anybody, a division rival, a division upon the Rams. Of all people, we traded up with the Rams. We gave them two fourth round picks to go get this guy. Now, who is he? Ohio State, we know that transfers from OU, six foot two fifteen. 
Not your typical running back build at all. He ran a 4.5940, not a blazer. But this is probably the thing that he excels at and his highest rated, whatever you want to call it, metric. You know, if you go over to mockdraftable.com, it's an awesome database where you can just look at players and see how they measure up athletically, the actual measurable things, 10-yard split, 20-yard split, vertical jump, broad jump, height, weight, wingspan, all that stuff. And you kind of see how they stack up versus their competition. And by far, his best trait, 94th percentile in the skill position. If you're just looking at halfbacks, it goes up to 95%. 1.49, 10-yard split. He's in the 94th percentile. Now, what the hell does a 1.49 split? What's that even mean? It means his acceleration is among the best in the NFL. And it's not just the NFL now. That's not what we're talking about. No, no, no. This is all NFL people that have been drafted like or gone through the combine. It is elite acceleration, explosiveness, broad jumps, 88 percentile, three cone, 85 percentile, which tells you he's a six foot, a little bit taller than a lot of running backs. But you look at his three cone, which measures acceleration and cutting ability. He's 85 percentile. So he's up there. Arm length, 97 percentile, 33 and three eight arms, almost tackle, offensive tackle arms. Wingspan, 79 inches. That's 94th percentile. He's got long arms. Now, what, is, what the hell does that mean for a running back? Well, he uses it. His stiff arm is elite, and we're going to talk about that. So, uh, this is a very, very fun guy. And whenever you look at what he brings to the table, you start at, and again, this is the way I write my, my draft evaluations. What are the two signature things, one or two, sometimes three, that a player brings to the team. So like, basically the question is, why the hell do you draft this guy? Well, I'm telling you right here, you draft him for two things. Vision, he sees so well. He sees the field so well. And contact balance. What's the contact balance? Well, let me show you. Let's head over to the film real quick. These are the two things that Trey Sermon excels at. Again, vision, contact balance. And six foot 215, so much taller than the majority of running backs that come out of the draft. Now, what does he bring? Look at the footwork, the vision. See how he gets pressed outside here by the backer. Awesome jump cup, and he always stays upright. Upright runner, not necessarily a punisher, um, upright runner, but man, he he breaks tackles, and I think that's huge. You know, I think the 49ers wanted to add a little bit of that element to mix with the speed, but again... After watching a few of his game tapes and going back through some of this before I recorded this, vision is my favorite thing about him. He sees so well and is able to just hit those creases and fight through, you know, not to mention again, look how often he drags all these people, okay? He's got his jersey, he's at the 25-yard line and just keeps chomping his knees, man. It goes down at the 19-18. So it's seven yards after contact, which he has a lot of in his career. It, we'll, we'll talk about yards per contact in a second, but again, vision, contact balance, that's huge. And so again, if you're like, all right, what players in the NFL have great vision and contact balance? The, the number one dude that comes to mind is Alvin Kamara. Now he does not have an Alvin Kamara type wiggle or any of those things. That's not what he has. But again, Alvin Kamara... Traded up in the third round. We had that pick, by the way. We gave them 
the capital for the Saints. So we got a second round pick for the following year. Um, they take Alvin Kamara, then we ended up taking Joe Williams. Uh, anyway, that hurts. Breaks my heart. Let's move on. <laughs> so Trey Sermon. Only one year of being a workhorse back. The, the amount of carries he has is a lot. Uh, if you look across his career, 455 carries. That's a lot. But here's the thing. The second most carries he ever had was his rookie year at Oklahoma. He was at OU for three years and, you know, had a little bit of an injury, nothing too, too bad, but he wanted to be the guy and OU, you know, they had a lot of backs going in and they like to rotate. He wanted to be the bell cow guy and prove that he could be that. So he transfers to OU and, you know, in his senior year, they had that shortened season. They only played eight games and that's two games in the playoffs. So really they just had a six game season. And one of those was the big 12 championships or big 10 championships. So really just five conference games. He had 116 carries over the course of that eight game span in 2020 because Pat, yeah, the big, T big 10 was, was short in season, right? But he proved he could handle it just fine. And the great news about him is the yards per carry. This is what shows up statistically, right? You watch the film. Okay. What is he great at? What do I see? You, you look at the testing measurables, and you're like, okay, what does his body, his skill set, his traits tell me? And then you look at the stats, the analytics, and you say, okay, what is coming across that stat sheet, and how does this fit in with the 49ers? Well, guess what? Kyle Shanahan is notorious, and it doesn't matter where he's been. You can go back to the Browns, Houston, Washington, Atlanta, wherever he goes, the 49ers. Yards per carry. Really yards per play, but whenever you break it down to the running pass, passing game, he's always at the best. Always at the best. Now, last year was, was kind of bad, but even last year really wasn't like, oh, man, awful. Even though he had the 6-10 and 10 season, right? Yards per attempt, we were 16th, which was the worst since he's been here, 4.3. Um, but again, why? <laughs> Everybody loaded the box because we can't throw it deep. We're on a third-string quarterback and go on and on and on. But still, we were average last year, and it was the worst year ever for Kyle Shanahan since he's been a play caller. But if you look at what he is averaged, Trey Sermon, you go all the way back in high school, he averaged 7.4 yards per carry. 6.1 his freshman year, 5.8 yards per carry sophomore year, 7.1 junior year, then transfers, 7.5 with his largest workload of his entire career. Now, he's never had over 200 carries in a season. Whenever you get those 200 carry seasons, you kind of check mark like, all right, <laughs> he got some work done that year. He hasn't had a lot of those. He, he really hasn't. And in the games where he finally got, you know, just peppered with carries and touches, the most important game of the entire year for Ohio State was that Big Ten Championship. And again, go back to all the Justin Fields conversation, whatever. Oh, man, he was awful against Northwestern. And he was. It was his one bad game that he had. That entire game relied on one person, and that was Trey Sermon. You know, he was the, what's it called, the MVP of the team during the playoff run. And so you look at what he was able to do. He just put up a lot of yards per carry. So some of these stats you're going to hear again in this clip, but pay attention to the chunks the top end speed isn't there for the 40. That's not, he's not 80 yard touchdown Mostert. No, 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 no. This dude is a chunkster. And I don't, I'm not talking about his weight. I'm talking about just chewing up large sections of yards per play. The guy just refuses to go down and listen to his yard per carry averages in four years. Um, 
You know, he was at Oklahoma, transferred to be the bell cow, bell cow back at Ohio State. Uh, seven and a half yards per carry, 7.1 yards per carry, 5.8 yards per carry, 6.1 yards per carry. That's a four years um, in college. You go back to high school, his senior year, 7.4 yards per carry. This guy is just a, he's a chunkster. <laughs> what, what, what I mean by that is he chews up yards on the regular. And so, did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks you can turn ten dollars into a thousand with basketball hockey college basketball entries today on prize picks america's number one fantasy sports app and here's what's great it, it you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country including california texas and georgia on top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to 100 Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know, whenever you see those huge yards per carry numbers, you're thinking, oh, whole bunch of big plays and that's going to off score it. No, this is what he brings to the table. Every single run is, you know, the seven, eight yard chunk. And you, I love the offense that, you know, Ohio State runs. And it's going to put up a lot of production. But, again, you can talk about production all you want. He's got a defensive tackle draped across his chest, and he just he powers through it, staying upright, and just keeps chugging. <laughs> it, it, that should have been a two-yard gain. What, he get eight, nine yards on that play? And it, they're consistently. All the clips that you're seeing today, that's from one game. That's one game. One, <laughs> we're going to have a lot more film broken down on Patreon. But, you know, it, it's when players have good games and bad games, you usually don't like taking a lot from those. You want to see the average games, the median games, to see what comes across. And the story is painted there. I just haven't broken down and cut up all the clips from the other games yet. Uh, shout out, I got a comment here from Antoine Toomer. Um, says, I coached Trey in high school. He doesn't get enough credit for being a good catcher. His skills in the passing game are great. Um, they're not bad. You don't see a lot of difficult um, things. But if you look at the targets that Trey Lance received in the open field, okay, we'll go to 2020. 12 catches on 15 targets, had one drop. Pretty high catch rate. Eight receptions on 11 targets, 2019. That was a short year. Uh, OU, 2018. 12 catches on 14 targets. So this is a guy that he's bringing in the ball. <laughs> Whenever you throw him the ball, he catches it. In his rookie year, or freshman year, apologies, he had his most catches, 16, for 139 yards and two touchdowns. So 
is this a guy that you want to line up out wide and do option routes with and all those things? I don't think so. I don't think that's really what you're going to ask him to do his rookie year uh, with the 49ers. Now, he can do some of those things. And again, you look at what are some of the metrics that tell you he can run routes? Well, his cutting ability in the open field and his three-cone time. So he can shift. He can pick up and do those things. So, yeah, that's not a weakness whatsoever. And, you know, from a coaching perspective, Kyle Shanahan was asked, man, why Trey Sermon? You had needs at wide receiver, cornerback. This is before we took a corner. Why go after a running back when you haven't drafted a running back in forever? Here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say. I, I look at it as, you know, you're just trying to find NFL backs that you always feel you have guys who have the ability to be a starter. You know, we've never looked for a one-back, a two-back, a three-back, a four-back. We, we always look for guys that we think can, can play as a starter, whether they are or not. I mean, if you look at our third back, the last two years, they've had about 38 or something percent of our carries, um, sometimes because of injuries, sometimes of just rotations, how it worked out. And I think that's, I think that's been pretty, that's been by far over anyone else in the NFL. So, um, you know, we have two guys who have played for us that have, have done really well, um, bringing in another guy that um, we're looking to help us too. We have some young guys who haven't really done it yet, but we'll see. And to be able to add Trey to this group um, with this skill set, what we think he can do. I mean, you just add him in the mix and you see how it unfolds. But, you know, we got some good guys we believe in, um, but we've also feel like we've gone through about four backs four years in a row here, really every year except our first year. Um, so that's something, you know, with losing two guys in free agency, Adam one, uh, that's something that we felt we needed to address at some time in this draft. It just makes sense with why you want to do it. And again, whenever you step back and you look at, okay, what all the draft capital you gave up for Trey Lance, and we're going to talk about that in a second at the end of, you know, kind of our spill on Trey Sermon. You go through that whole spill and you're like, man, we got to make our quarterback Trey Lance successful. I love Trey Sermon. I like Aaron Banks. I like all the guys we got. But make no mistake, this entire draft class is a huge success if Trey Lance is successful, and that's it. That's it. So what is it that this guy brings that will help the quarterback? Oh, man, you've got a young buck that you can hand the ball to physically that's going to kind of match up with the physicality in the run game that Trey Lance is going to bring. And so that's what that does. It helps everybody across the board. So, again, you're constantly contributing all of this draft capital to ensure the quarterback position is going to be what it's going to be. And, yeah, SJ, I'm with you. There are a lot of traits here that remind you of Frank Gore. Now, there are – oh, thank you for the gift, 49ers Faithful Forever. Hashtag Fear Bosa. We are not talking about Bosa enough and him coming back. You see him working out on Instagram and hanging out with his uh, – Super hot girlfriend. Um, yeah, dude looks incredible. Looks like he's going to be back full swing already. I expect him to be around for mandatory mini camps and um, really OTAs, all that stuff. We're gonna Bosa's coming back, guys. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Now, Kyle brought up an extra, a very interesting point about Trey Sermon's injury history. And let me just tell you this. It sounds way worse than it is. So first off, yeah, he got injured his junior year in high school. Okay. Um, so he gets injured in high school, um, and it was a lower back issue. Then he comes back his senior year and dominates completely. Comes out his freshman year, dominates completely. Now his junior year, he had an LCL injury, okay, and he sat out a little time and transferred. But again, he worked incredibly, missed no time at Ohio State, was ready to go that next year, dominated. 
Then, uh, you know, the very final game had a little bit of a shoulder issue, but that's checked out. Uh, he was one of the players that went to Indy for all the medical grades, and the 49ers chose to trade up and go get him. Running backs have wear and tear. Those things are there. The things you want to stay away from, yeah, knee issues. Now, LCL, that's not an ACL or, you know, a meniscus or any of that kind of patella. It's none of those. It's not good. But you love the fact that he had all that tape after the fact and looked good. Uh, during workouts, looked good. All those things. So, yeah, running backs are going to have so much wear and tear. There's no doubt about it. Is this going to be a 10-year player in the NFL? Eh, probably not. He had four years starting in college. You know, th that's there. However, the good news is this, and again, I've said this, this is the thing you have to go back to. He has never had a 200-yard or 200-carry season in his career. 160 was the most that he had. 161, I believe. Um, 164. 121, 116, and 54 carries. You know, my best running back player comp for him sounds really bad, especially in recent news. Carry on Johnson out of Auburn. I loved Carry on Johnson, by the way. The problem with Carry on Johnson was he had four years with over 200 carries out of Mississippi. Uh, in Mississippi? Oh, man, that's going to bother me. Auburn, sorry, SEC, um, out of Auburn. But his career is already over in the NFL. You know, four straight years in the SEC, 200-plus carries. Comes the NFL, huge heavy workload year one, huge heavy workload year two, blows his knee out, not the same sense. He got cut, now he's with Eagles, I think, as a backup running back. Might not even make the roster. But you look at the skill set that he brings, on Johnson's the, the closest thing. Now I went and did research, and I start putting in these measurables for Trey Sermon and what other positions he matches up with. Guess who is number one? This is the entire NFL across all positions, by the way. Let me just make sure that is correct all the way. Uh, there's really two guys that stand out. The number one person in the NFL already, again, height, weight, speed, arm length, 40-yard dash, burst, vertical, broad jump, all these different metrics. It's Devontae Adams for the Packers. That's his body type. So whenever you're looking at Trey Sermon and you're like, man, he doesn't really fit a lot of running backs. You're right. He doesn't. You know who he does fit? Devontae Adams. They have an 83.4% composite score on mockdraftable.com. Next one, Rashad Bateman, who just got drafted in the first round this year. Like, that's what he brings. Yeah, he's a running back, but he's got that height that makes it a little bit different. And it translates so well. And whenever you're talking about height and length, Again, I keep talking about his wingspan, which is almost 80 inches, which is bananas. His stiff arm is incredible. Watch this play where he bounces a linebacker off the turf. Oh, look at this watch. run. Who is Trey Sermon? He is a man with excellent vision. That's the best part of his game. Elite burst. Elite burst. Contact balance. But this stiff arm, that's a big old boy now. And you're bench-pressing this dude on the ground. I mean, that is violence. Oh, that is so good. And look at this linebacker. That ain't no scrum, man. That's a big old kid. He just bounces him off the turf. Sit. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. This, this play kind of encapsulates everything that he does. Hell of a play, man. Took over this game.
And again, you, you talk about, you keep seeing these traits that show up. I have three clips from that game of elite stiff arms. And I, before the show, I was like, all right, let's go with this one. I was like, wait a second, there's another one. Oh, this is a good one. Hold on, isn't there one where he like bounces a linebacker off the turf? Oh, here it is. Let's go with that. Like, there's so much of that in his film. This is his best game. Now, understand that. The Northwestern game, he excelled at. There's no doubt about that. But then you go look at him against Clemson, he ate their lunch. <laughs> he went off against those guys versus Clemson and Northwestern. He had 524 rushing yards on 60 carries broke 24 tackles in those two games, 524 yards in two games. Think about the 49ers and what they do in the playoffs. You go with that. I mean, Jeff Wilson had one of those games. You remember where he just went off um, Tevin Coleman against the Cardinals. I think uh, two years ago, you remember he just went off, had like four touchdowns. Raheem Mostert goes off. And so now you're getting to this point where you have this arsenal of backs and you've heard Kyle Shanahan say this so much. Oh, all our backs are starters. We're going to ride the hot hand. You go out there, Mostert, you're out there first drive, okay? Sermon, you're out there second drive, okay? We're going to sprinkle in some Jeff Wilson, and we're going to keep going, but when somebody goes off, whomever that may be, you just ride that. Kyle Shanahan's proven he will do that. And so you're just getting another guy that, guess what? There will be games where Trey Sermon is not as effective because they're playing against a faster or bigger defense, whatever, it doesn't matter, and Mostert will be. So now you have a salt and the pepper. Because you got your crazy elite speed guy in Mostert, and now you've got your kind of bigger, upright runner physical guy that's going to be able to do those things. And so playing time is going to be able to go with, okay, we're drawing up a game plan for whoever wants to take it over. And this is the conversation you're going to have in that running back room, which we got to give a shout-out to Coach Turner uh, getting all these running backs. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Very, very happy with him. Um, one of the best running back coaches in the NFL. Just amazing human. But... The idea is this. Those are the conversations that are taking place in the coaching room. Who wants it? You want to play more? You want more carries? Guess what? Go out there and prove we have to keep you on the field. Now, here's the question that I have. We haven't even talked about the thing that makes rookie running backs impossible to play in the NFL. And that's pass protection. We get all excited about the stiff arms and the broken tackles and the 40s and the receptions and all those things. And rightfully so, because they're so stinking fun. But the reason why rookies, running backs, sit their butt on the bench is because they can't block. You ruin a game plan. Running backs need to have positive plays. If you can't go out there and block, you don't get a play. And I've seen on there that there's you know a lot of people's scouting reports, oh, yeah, pass protection is okay, can improve. I, I agree with that. But I'm telling you this right now. How many running backs... Eh, the dude gets more pancakes and pass protection than Aaron Banks does our left guard we just drafted. The physicality that he runs with, the upright style, uh, all those things he brings to the passing game. This was one of two pancakes that he had in pass protection against Northwestern. Pass protection again. Oh, get him on the ground again, baby. That's number two. That's number two. Yeah, he got a little bit of help. He tripped. I don't care. Pass protection, baby. What keeps running backs out of the lineup? Pass pro, it's not going to be an issue for Trey Sermon. That is above average pass protection throughout this game. You don't have a problem with him at all going one-on-one -on -one with linebackers. Look at him, man. Puts him on the ground. Get on top of him. Get up. <laughs> and, and you hear the excitement in my voice because, again, when you're grading pass pro with running backs, 
you're just kind of like, all right, he's getting the way kind of guy. All right, he'll use his hands at his feet. <clears throat> all right. And now what colleges are doing, they don't even use the running backs to block anymore. They just release them on a route, hoping the linebacker chases, and if they don't, no big deal. You don't have to do that here. You do not have to do that. And sometimes Kyle Shanahan does those max protect play action fakes where it's a bootleg rollout and everybody stays back and blocks and one or two people go out on a route. You could do that with him. So it's not like when Trey Sermon goes into the game, you're like, okay, this is a running play. He's not. He's a versatile guy. He is a true jack of all trades type of running back. I'd argue probably a queen or a king of all trades. Um, the, the areas, he does have some weaknesses and his, you know, what does he possess that's elite? Again, contact balance, vision, stiff arm. Those are going to be up there. Pass pro you can put up there. So there's so many variables and ways that you can use these guys that's going to fit in with what the 49ers do. Now, go back to kind of who he is off the field a little bit. This dude graduated from Oklahoma in three years. He got a degree in human relations. So you hear John Lynch, and when John Lynch gets excited in these press conference and post-draft conferences and all those things, what's he always go to? The person. Oh, the character. All this stuff. This guy's got it. Took academics seriously. Um, three Graduated in three years. Like, he had a plan. He went after it and gave himself the option of transferring. Um, it, like, that's incredible. You like that. Um, his name is Antreon. He goes by Trey, obviously, Trey Sermon, but Antreon is his name. We talked about his back injury in high school, but he bounced back his senior year in high school, 1,227 yards, 16 touchdowns after the back injury at Marietta, Georgia. Um, he was the number 12 running back coming out of high school, so he was on the radar. He had his choice um, with a lot of things. Yeah, Antoine graduated high school early as well so that he can enroll in the spring and compete for a job at Oklahoma. And again, he did those things. So this is a guy, again, Trey Lance, Trey Sermon, both graduated high school early, both graduated college early. Like these guys got their stuff in order on and off the field. We go through draft busts, right? And every year it's like, oh, who's going to be the draft bust? All those things. Awesome. It's not because of the play on the field. That's not why people bust. Joe Williams was a hell of a running back. Why did Joe Williams bust? He didn't give a shit. He didn't care. Reuben Foster, off the field stuff. Yeah, he can't do that. He can throw injuries in there too. That's fine. But usually where we have these huge misses, these Ryan Leafs, these whatever, it's because of up here. And in a year where... Your scouts don't get to meet with the players, the coaches as much as you want to. You don't get the behind the scenes. You don't get all the questions answered. Why not go with safe bets? Trey Sermon's as safe as they get whenever you look at on the field, off the field. He's got it all. He's just a hell of a dude. Uh, and so really, really excited about that and kind of what he brings to the table. Now, some of the advanced pro football metric numbers. Again, this is based off of eight games in 2020. Um. It, he had 96 zone attempts, 22 gap attempts. Um, so if you look at kind of his carries where he was, most of them were in the zone. 517 of his yards all came yards after contact. The dude only had 870 yards. It's after contact. <laughs> like, this dude is generating and creating on his own. Yeah, the offensive line at Ohio State was good. A lot of them got drafted for sure. Obviously, it helps whenever your quarterback is Justin Fields. Awesome. But 517 of 870 yards after contact, 33 missed tackles forced, 16 carries, 15-plus yards or more. 16 in eight games. 
That's two explosive run games per game. He's absolutely off the off the charts on all those things. And again, what do what does Kyle Shan? What's his bread and butter? It's that zone scheme. Well, thankfully, like we said, ninety six of his attempts were in the zone scheme, and here's one of those. Maybe. Watch his eyes. Watch his eyes, okay? We'll go through this play a couple times. Watch the vision. Okay, now he, he's out. He's hit the crease. But look, look, watch. Just keep watching. How, <laughs> he's just, like, scanning everything. Awesome. I mean, the 49ers run a very, very similar play. This is just zone right. And so that backside A gap. Whoop. And because we have a mobile quarterback now, this Trey Lance, it's going to hold that, that linebacker there and just create that natural crease. Jimmy Garoppolo, that crease doesn't exist because you don't have to respect him as a runner. Whoop. Just attacks. Man, very, very nice. Vision, vision, vision. It's just so simple to see where he fits, what it looks like, and all those things. Now, am I a fan of trading two fourth-round picks to trade up and all that stuff? Eh, it's not really my favorite thing, but... You take it, you move on, you kind of look at it, it's what it is. But I can tell you right now, this kid made the 49ers better. And you could say, well, he's not the starter because Mostert is. It's 1A, 1B. And so you got to be happy with those things. So that's Trey Sermon. That's my whole Trey Sermon whatever. Hopefully we enjoy that. We're, we're already at 41 minutes, 42 minutes. I like it. Um, and again, if you want more, that's Patreon. Again, this podcast is awesome. It's turning into a very huge passion life project of mine. I just thought it was something I would enjoy. But, man, it just keeps growing. Um, absolutely incredible. And I thank everybody out there. But Patreon's the way to support us. Patreon.com, 49ers Rush Podcast. Go check it out. Get all the game film, giveaways, lots of stuff on there. We got hangouts, Zoom hangouts once a month. Um, there's just so much going on. But those things... That allow us to do all of these trips that we're setting up for the season. And I see you on there, Devin. What's up, man? Chicago. I'm hoping Chicago works out. Once the dates come out Wednesday for the schedule, we're picking three road trips that we are going to just freaking dominate. Um, if you if you did if you missed the start of the podcast. So that's going to be taking place. And again, I kind of have to sync these up with you know my boys' football schedule, my teaching stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on, but we're going to try to make it work. Um, now, a couple other things I want to talk about that I thought were interesting that took place on Twitter. I put a poll out there, and I want you guys to answer this question. Here's the question in the chat. How many games does Trey Lance start in 2020? How many games do you think Trey Lance will start this year? The entire season. So you can throw playoffs in there, too. It's a 17-game season. Um, first time ever we could say that. 17-game season, plus you got all the playoff games. Remember, only the number one seed gets a bye week from now on. But the question is this. How much does he play? The options I put up there, you guys, I want you to put in the specific number you think. But on Twitter, you can only get four options, so you have to kind of round it. I put zero and one game, two to six games, seven to 12 games, and 13 plus. Here were the results. And again, over 1,600 votes, so a pretty large sample size. Last place, I love our fan base. And maybe it's just my listeners. 13 plus was the last place vote. It only got 8%, which... It lets me know that people finally are starting to come to the realization Jimmy Garoppolo is starting week one. That's what that means. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get a chance. When we made the trade up to three, 
Everybody starts clamoring, oh, Jimmy G's going to be traded today. Jimmy G's going to be traded. You're crazy if you think they're going to pay their salary. You're crazy. You're going to start them right away. Why else would you do Anybody can do this offense. And it's just like, no, listen. The 49ers don't leak first off, so all the people saying the trade's heating up. I'm not saying mute those people. That's all I'm saying. I, there are insiders, um, and I love and appreciate what they do. I'm not an insider, okay? That's not what I want to do. I want community, fan engagement, education, fun. That's what I don't want to be on the phone with agents because I know those guys aren't going to be telling me <laughs> the truth. They're going to be telling me what's in their interest. I don't want to play that game. That's just not who I am. I started off in real estate in grad school and started my own real estate company. Went really, really well. I hated the dishonesty and the snakeness. and all. I don't want to play that at all. That's just not who I am. So instead, <laughs> I spend my time with you guys, and I'm so damn thankful, and that's why I have the energy and passion to keep going, because I love it. I meet all these awesome people. So anyway, all that being said, I love insiders. I get it. I follow a lot of them, but whatever. <laughs> nobody gets anything right 20 times in a row. Stop listening to those damn people. We never even made an offer for Matt Stafford. Nobody even knew about DeForest Buckner trade. It was, it was worked out for two and a half months. Nobody even knew about it. Nobody knew we were trading up to number three. Nobody had any information on Trey Lance and Mac Jones. How many more times do you have to listen to these people before you realize they don't know what the hell they're talking about? They're going to put a story out there and hope it gets retweeted and liked and whatever else. And that's fine. That's their, that's their prerogative. You know, I was the one, or I was one of the ones. There were lots. Um, Eric Crocker, um, Haberman Middlecoff, Wayne Breezy. Lots of people were out there saying, oh, they should draft Trey Lance. And I was one of them. I didn't say I know they will draft Trey Lance. I was saying this makes the most sense to my eyes. I wasn't talking to anybody. So anyway, all that being said, I love that you guys are smarter than the quote-unquote, you know, insiders and blue check marks. That makes me so happy. So 13-plus games started for Trey Lance, got last place with only 8%. Second to last place was 0-1 to one starts, which I thought was interesting, but 20%. That was huge. Third place, 7-12 to 12 games. Yeah, that's that kind of bi-week step-in uh, range, 25%. And the most votes, 46%, 2-6 to six games. Steps in right before the playoffs. That's what that kind of looks like. So I, I love it. And it's pretty dang fun to stop and look at kind of what's taking place and be able to come up with those answers. And I just love, you know, nobody knows who's right or who's wrong or whatever, but whenever, again, you step back and you look at these things and you're like, huh, what's this going to play out? We're going to find out a little bit more Wednesday. That bye week, you better circle that damn bye week. That's going to be the first opportunity for Trey Lance to prove his, his spot. Everything else is going to be up to Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured, and it's Trey Lance. If Jimmy Garoppolo sucks, it's Trey Lance. But that bye week, that's going to be one of the possible transition points. Now, I, I did this as well. What, you know, after the draft, you can kind of look at what the 49ers gave up or didn't give up, and it's never as, as simple as this team trades this team. Let's see who won. It turned out this affected four teams. The 49ers jumping from 12 to 3. There four teams were involved before this was over. So we give up all that capital to jump up to three with Miami. Miami falls to 12. They don't want to stay at 12. They jump up to six with, with Philly. So Philly, they drop back in some future picks. But then Philly's not happy being there at 12 either. They jump up from 12 to 10 with the Cowboys. 
So you had three teams trade out of that 12 spot. Nobody wanted to be there. Um, so let's play out what that looks like. The 49ers, out of all that deals, whatever, they got Trey Lance. We're going to have to see what Trey Lance does for it to be worth it. Um, you know, what, what that means and the metrics, we, we'll get into that later. Here's what the Dolphins got. They, Dolphins dominated. They got Jalen Waddle. Okay, he was my number two wide receiver. They got 49ers, 2022 first and third round picks. That's three. They got 49ers, 2023 first round pick. Boom, there you go. And they got the Eagles fifth round pick in 2021, which they traded to the Steelers for a 2022 fourth. So Dolphins got just a whole heck of a lot. The Eagles wound up with Devontae Smith, Zach McPherson, who they got late, and the Dolphins 2022 first rounder. Cowboys traded back and got Micah Parsons and Chauncey Golston. So, man, it's going to be so fun. I've got to bookmark this tweet because this is going to be one of those that's going to be fun to go back, you know, a year once all the picks have been used and measured and all those things. That's going to be fun to watch and kind of see what goes on there because those teams get measured against each other, and rightfully so. We could have stayed at 12 and took Micah Parsons like the Cowboys did. That was a terrible pick, by the way. I like Micah Parsons, but, man, again, 49ers draft players that are clean and you know projecting forward with character. 40, uh, the Cowboys go out there and draft people with rap sheets, hazing scandals, domestic violence, all those things. And they draft f- uh, five players with uh, four players with rap sheets and one Mormon missionary. That's <laughs> the Cowboys, uh, Simi Fehoko out of Stanford. So they go get like all these questionable guys and they're like, oh, let's get a Mormon missionary and put them in there. He'll make them better. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know how people are Cowboys fans. I just, I don't understand buying a Cowboys jersey and giving it to your son and saying, here you go, look up to these guys. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I grew up in Dallas and there's a reason why I'm not a Cowboys fan. I had a terrible stepdad. And he treated me and my family like garbage, and he loved the Cowboys. And so whatever that guy liked, I hated with a passion. So I became a 49ers fan uh, for my 10th birthday just because I wanted this a-hole to have to buy me a 49ers jersey. Uh, I know I've told this story before, and I've got it right here, baby. Look at this. You can see it's been worn out, man. This has been through Fat Chapman Middle School. And, uh, yeah, it's still here, man. I've got this right here all the time. Uh, it just brings me happiness. So, anyway, I, I love being part of this this team and being part of this fan base, the faithful. And I just love it. It's just nothing like it. Um, now, one more trade I want to talk about before we get out of here. And that's the trade and kind of I did the same thing for Trey Lance, for Trey Sermon, because we traded up there. Now, this one's a little bit easier. The 49ers traded two fourth rounders to go up and get Trey Sermon. Now, uh, 49ers got Trey Sermon. The Rams, they got two-fourths, okay? Um, they used Bobby Brown, and then they traded the uh, one of the fourths away for and a six-rounder for Robert Rochelle and Ben Scalrond. And a 2021 fifth, that fifth was traded to the Texans for Ernest Brown and Jake Funk. So if you remember, the Rams didn't have many draft picks. They had six. But what they did do is they just kept trading back, trading back, trading back. So they got Bobby Brown, they got Robert Rochelle, they got Ben Scargrond, and they got Ernest Brown and Jake Funk. So they turned the, that one pick into five players. Uh, I had to trade a six as well. So they're going with a wide casting the net. Now the Rams have done fairly well. They're a super top-heavy roster, and so they didn't have any depth. So that's a big reason why they had to do all these things. 
but you know it's it's quite interesting just to see how things kind of went there um you know we went we went up we're saying we got a good roster you know we did a hell of a job in free agency went got that top end talent on the offensive side we'll see how it pans out brian want to thank you for the gift brother he said, hey, John, love the Ambry Thomas breakdown on Patreon. Appreciate that, brother. We just loaded two Ambry Thomas breakdowns um, over the weekend. Um, so if you want to check those out, man, he's fun to watch. That's the next episode here will be Ambry Thomas, all Ambry Thomas. Um, when do you think you'll get one for Diamadre Lenore? And what position do you think he plays? So he's close. We got Jalen Moore and Diamadre Lenore. Those are the next two um, Patreon breakdowns that will be up this week. I will get one up on both of them. This is a pretty big week for me as a teacher. It's AP testing week. So I'm kind of all over the place and whatever else. And it's like the last time I get to teach my AP kids and all that stuff. But I'm going to be able to get uh, at least one breakdown on each of them up this week, which would be a lot of fun. And I think, man, Lenore gets to pick. I, I really do believe the 49ers want these versatile type players very similar to Emmanuel Mosley. They don't like specialists. Now, when you get later... It's okay to look more at specialists, but you know if you're talking about D. Moore, uh, Lenore, cornerback out of Oregon, he's 5'10 and ran 4'4'4'40. He can play outside. The physicality says he can do it. The, the ball skills are great. He, so that tells me he can play outside. But we're going to have to see it in the NFL and in camp. The good news is there is zero pressure on this guy to play football this year, really early. You know, If an injury happens, he's not the go-to. Uh, Ambry's going to get first go at outside. And so you might line up Lenore inside. That's fine. But he's going to get a, to compete. And if he plays better and outperforms, you know, Ambry Thomas, he gets first crack at it. And so those two guys, it's going to be fun because, <laughs> again, you look at our secondary, man, K1 Williams, one-year deal. Jason Verrett, one-year deal. Manuel Mosley, two-year deal. There's going to be some turnover in that position room. Now, these are some developmental guys with some traits that we like and some scheme fits. We're going to have to see what happens. My guess is Lenore goes inside. Ambry Thomas starts outside. That's probably best for both of them. Um, so I think that's kind of what that's going to look like. So, again, schedule comes out Wednesday. We got a lot of stuff this week and next week coming nonstop. We're not, we're not stopping anytime soon. And again, when that schedule comes out, do not rush. Ooh, look at that 49ers rush. Do not rush to buy your tickets and all that stuff yet. Again, if you're one of those people, if you travel to every away game, that's awesome. You do your thing. But what we're trying to do is establish a community that's going to go out and have a blast together, tailgate together, party at the night together. Uh, all 49ers, build that community. It, it, it's pretty cool what this has turned into. And I'm going to do whatever the hell I can make the best fan experience and the best fan kind of community that we can and man if we could do three of those games together again the road games man that's that's just going to be incredible so really do appreciate it as always trey sermon hopefully you enjoy this if you ever want to reach out um twitter is probably the best way at jl underscore chapman or you can email me 49ers rush podcast at gmail.com you guys are the best and as always stay strong faithful You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.